0: Growler Media presents Joe vs. the Minute.
1: Welcome back to another installment of Joe vs. the Minute, where the Movies by Minute podcast that takes you to the volcano one minute at a time. My goodness, I have said minute a lot in this intro. I should probably, like, write this out and look at it. You know what I do know? That I'm Tierney Steele.
0: Wait, give me a minute. Okay, I'm Jarf. And I'm Curtis.
1: I'm so glad we were able to reconvene today because i'm pretty excited or rather i was pretty excited i thought i had found some amazing foreshadowy name choice here and then i looked at jarf's notes and he heard something different so we'll see how that goes
2: oh man you guys have notes the pressure's on
1: i i have a phone (laughs) And (laughs) and the note app so jarf why don't you tell us uh about this minute see how this goes
0: Oh <laughs> no! I see what you were talking about, Tierney. So this minute starts with Samuel Harden Grinimore introducing himself. Bow, 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 yes, if folks don't know, that's my last name. So that's how I'm connected to the Joe versus the Volcano universe. And it ends with Grinimore leading Joe to a seat in his own apartment.
1: Now, see, now I don't want to say what I thought because you're so proud that you're in. You're in universe. You're canon. I heard Samuel Harvey Grainamore. And I got all excited because I looked it up and Harvey means blazing, and next minute we are going to see Grainamore blazing, and I thought that was a whole purposeful thing of a jig.
0: Mmm-oh, blazing up his pipe.
1: Yup.
2: See, I thought you were just referring to the fact that Curtis Blaze was going to be on your podcast today.
1: <laughs> it all comes together, unless it's Harden, in which case, no, it doesn't.
0: <laughs> well, we are all connected through a series of, basically, we are all connected via the telephone game <laughs> of misinterpretations of what people said, and I bet that it is not Harden. I think that our production spreadsheet just auto corrected to Harden because <laughs> you write my name so much because we're friends. So, that, but you know what? I'm going to stay in the universe where I am a part of Joe versus the Volcano canon and no one can make me leave. If it becomes a big problem, just blame the duck. What's a duck? The duck of dishonesty.
1: Now, see, I almost, when you mentioned the telephone game, my brain immediately went to want to buy a duck, which is another summer camp game for sitting around in the circle of a bunch of people.
0: Oh, I don't know that one. You're the summer camp whiz. So please tell us the game.
1: You literally, you turn to the person next to you and you say, you want to buy a duck? They say, a what? You say, a duck. They say, does it quack? You say, of course it quacks. It's a duck. And then they turn to the person next to them and say, you want to buy a duck? And that person says, a what? And they say, a what? You say, a duck. And they say, a duck. And they say, does it quack? Does it quack? Of course it quacks. It's a duck. Of course it quacks. It's a duck. And then it keeps going and going until you've got like 14 people in a row saying, a what? A what? A what? A what? A A duck. A duck. A duck. A duck.
2: Sounds like a very complicated drinking game we used to play in college.
1: Uh, So I realized when I was about 17 years old that several games I grew up playing at camp had started out as drinking games (laughs) (laughs) that counselors had adapted (laughs) because I did not know the grand old Duke of York was a drinking song. I thought that was just a fun summer camp song. It is now. And the crossing your hands over and the tap and the double tap reverses it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I played that at camp decades before I could drink.
2: For the people that don't obsessively listen to the MASH Minute, can you give us a little bit of your history on camping, uh, on being a camp counselor? (laughs) Because I found this fascinating when I heard it the first time.
1: Oh my goodness. So my MASH Minute co-host has dubbed me a camp enthusiast, and I'm sitting here with a tattoo with my summer camp's logo on my body. So I guess I really can't dispute that. I went to a summer camp, which was a totally normal experience, except that I kept going back and was a counselor in training and a junior counselor and a counselor. And then I worked in the office and then I was quartermaster for a year. So I was at my summer camp from 1992 to 2006. And I recently went back for the one the camp's 100 year reunion, which was fabulous. But Megan, my co host on Mash, thinks it's hilarious that I go to summer camp reunions and I refer to myself as a Mohawk alumni. And she's just over there in her not a camp person, giggling.
2: Do you realize how alone you are in this in having this experience?
1: I, there were other people at the reunion. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no, alone. I not bad. <laughs>
0: I, I her just... her reunion is just her going back to the abandoned now closed campsite it's
1: not true. and
0: looking through old Polaroids.
1: One of the other CITs went to Tish, she's a filmmaker, she made a movie of it, damn it. I have video evidence that this
2: happened. I don't mean to make fun of you. I literally no, don't know anyone annoying. that went to camp more than like two years in a row. <laughs> The first year was fun. The second year didn't quite measure up to the first year and the third year they got over it.
1: Yeah, that didn't happen for me and a bunch <laughs> of other girls. <laughs> yeah, so I I am a fan. I enjoyed my summer camp experience, which is funny because I definitely had the years and I'm just like, this sucks. Why did I come here? But for some reason, I would get camp sick during the year and then by the time spring rolls around, it's like, of course I'm going back to camp. What are you talking about, father? And eventually they start paying you to go, which is great.
0: <laughs> that's the first I've ever heard the term camp sick versus homesick.
1: Oh, yeah. That's a <laughs> Yeah, you get camp sick, you miss summer camp, you wish you were there. Oh, I picked it right up from know. the context clues. I I you're a very intelligent person. I knew you Thank would get you. it. <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to figure out how to loop this back, but there's no good way. Although I can plug another podcast I'm going to be doing. (laughs) Do it. I'm going to be talking about A League of Their Own over the summer of 2020. (gasps) And the way Graynamore says, Peanuts reminds me of Gary Marshall in that movie.
0: (laughs) That is such an excellent choice. I'm very excited for that. (laughs) I'm so glad someone's doing that movie.
1: Yep. So Rachel Mummert and I are gonna tackle it. We're not gonna do it minute by minute because we want to break it up differently so that it will fall throughout the baseball season a little bit better. Oh, did you sweet. say?
2: Did you say Rachel Mummert? Is that is that the wife of someone famous?
1: Uh, it is a sister in law of someone famous. Oh,
2: nice. We're like a big happy cult. We just keep bringing our family <laughs> members in.
1: Look, I went from a summer camp cult to a podcasting cult. Spending I know all our my money brand. On it. But yes, every time I rewatched this minute and he went peanuts, I just expected him to be to be Gary Marshall. I guess, you know, similar acting schools, maybe. Did they come up around the same time? That would make sense.
0: That would make sense. And what do you think? I'm sorry, go on. No, what were you going to ask, Curtis?
2: Well, I was going to get into the minute a little bit.
0: So was Why I.
2: Why we do that? Oh. Great
0: minds think alike.
2: <laughs> huh. Well, I'll let you go first since you're the host.
0: Gray is talking about Joe's hero backstory. His firefighter past. And we had a great discussion previously, minutes ago or weeks ago, depending on how you look at it, with Tim from the 20th podcast about kind of how does this fit in and does it help the narrative or doesn't it? So I think that this is an interesting time to circle back to that because now we really get to hear this thrilling story of Joe saving these kids from a burning building and that I'm trying to see the hero in there which was an odd way to broach the the story. But the story itself, really, it stayed with me. And it also amusingly reminded me of a viral story from here in Philly from earlier in the late summer, early fall, that also involved saving some kids from a burning building, but tied in our amusing relationship with our local sports teams. Are either of you familiar with the viral Unlike Aguilar video? Never heard of it. Tierney?
1: Nope.
0: Okay, so...
1: It hasn't been on an episode of This Is Us yet.
0: (laughs) No, it's too recent to bubble up to... (laughs) to TV, but it really got a lot of traction because it just resonated with Philly sports fans in a unique way. So it starts out in pretty scary and sad way because there was a house fire and someone was trying to save some kids from a burning building. And because it's become such a big story, now we've teased out more details. So now we know that the individual involved was a former firefighter like Joe by the name name of Hakim Laws and he was walking by saw this burning building saw someone in a second story window trying to help some small children out of the window and he dove into action he kind of made eye contact with the guy who was saving these kids and established that he was ready to help and the guy actually tossed these kids out and Hakim caught a couple of kids and saved them from the fire and got them to safety. Caught a couple,
2: but how many did he he drop?
0: (laughs) (laughs) He didn't drop any. Oh, good.
2: Good. I love happy
0: innings. Amazing
1: defensive stats.
0: (laughs) Well, you're leading me right to it without even knowing the story. Because earlier that day, the Eagles had a really tough loss to the Lions, and our wide receiver, Nelson Aguilar, had a particularly off game and he dropped several passes. Oh my God. So, <laughs> so when the local TV station was interviewing this hero and asking him, you know, how did this happen? How, how are you saving these kids? And so he just matter of factly said, so he was tossing them out the window and I was catching them. Unlike Aguilar, I got to throw that in. (laughs) And so that's what made it go viral. And it just was a perfect Philly sports story. And it did end up having a very happy ending. The kids were saved.
1: The Eagles were insulted. I mean,
0: what? (laughs) Aguilar himself had a really gracious response. He invited Hakeem to a game. And as we're recording this just today, they brought Hakeem and the father of those two kids and the two little girls all together so Hakeem could meet the father for the first time and and the father got to thank him. So all very cool. But why it went viral in the first place is just all so Philly. We love our teams. (laughs) We love to hate on them at the same time and so that's what this all reminded me of i know that doesn't really give us a ton to go on in terms of analysis of this film but i'm
1: just marinating in this story i like I know, it I and just, i like joe because <laughs> that is not joe i even if he was in philly the, I'm, I'm picturing the deadpan like unlike Aguilar, and <laughs> right. that's not him.
0: <laughs> no, it's not him at all, because He's when just a different Grainamore says, well, like, hey, you did this thing, it's heroic, Joe's very much, well, I guess, I don't know, I guess.
2: Well, I like the dismissive way he does it. Joe says, you know, that was a long time ago, and Grainamore says, yes, it was. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <Right>. <laughs> also, didn't we establish it was six years ago? <laughs> That's not that long. It's not that
0: long ago, but I think... Especially
1: when you're in your 30s. That's like yesterday.
2: (laughs) Try being 50 and thinking about (laughs) six years ago.
0: Well, to your point, Curtis, of the way Graynamore is acting towards him, I think it just fits into his whole demeanor. We talked on Monday about how he bulldozes his way in and he starts knocking his cane through the walls and he disparages the apartment. I think he's basically negging Joe. I was just going to say that. And and breaking him down to make him more susceptible for this pitch that he wants to give
1: him. Oh, oh. I have two things, but one, it reminded me when you mentioned he was putting his cane through the wall, I walked by a building that's under construction, a house that's under construction, And it's very weird to watch a building built out of nothing. And I now feel much better about the fact that he's able to break through to daylight. (laughs) Because, well, obviously there's more than just plaster. Like, it's not actually that much. (laughs) It's crazy. Like, one day there was nothing there. And the next day there was the shell of a house. But I could still see through it. And it was not that thick. And now they're putting brick on the outside. And it's just one layer of brick along the, what is it, zip tech that they put over it? Like, I don't know. I just felt very, I thought of you guys, basically, is the moral of that story. But I right think, that. I think it isn't just negging on Joe. I think it might just be that he's like this all the time with everyone. Because I noticed he has, when he like claps Joe on the shoulders, he has this crazy ring. And I was like, whoa, he wears a pinky ring. And then I look closer. I'm like, that's on his ring finger on his left hand. So he has this huge, elaborate wedding ring as he's like, oh, good. Families are a pain in the neck. You know, it just, huh.
0: nice catch.
1: I think he's that guy where he's just super dismissive of everyone who isn't him. And it can be funny, it's a terrible trait for, like, personality-wise, and having to interact with a person like that, but it's fun to watch him in a movie. And we're gonna get the idea that he doesn't treat his family very well, and the fact that he was so dismissive, like, oh, you don't have family,
2: good. I never thought of that.
1: He's, yeah, like... We meet his family.
2: <laughs> I totally didn't put that together, that he says that line and then we meet his family and it's just this awful relationship he has with his yeah. daughters.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. I never thought about that either. I love watching movies one minute at a time. <laughs> Me too. Me <laughs> too. Yeah, this movie, it seems silly and like they have some symbology, but then also it's at the surface weird and rambling. But when you point out something like that, you see how so much of it was thoughtful. Mm -hmm. They They were setting up that relationship for later, just with those subtle clues.
2: Well, yeah, even... Well, I guess this... Wow, this goes in a thousand different directions. But even movies that weren't considered that good at the time still had good writing, it seemed like. Like, you still had to have a good script in order to get a movie made back in these days.
0: And this is one of those unique experiences where the screenwriter is the director. So there's there's so much more on the screen that was on the page than I would imagine ends up where when that is not the case.
1: Oh,
2: that explains a lot, too.
1: I was about to say, well, no, because I just read the annotated screenplay for Wet Hot American Summer. And I'm like, Tierney, that that was written by the person who directed it. No, that proves the point.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I would love to read those annotated screenplays. The special features of that movie are hilarious.
1: That was the first movie that I ever, I watched the movie and then I didn't even get up. I put on the director's commentary and I watched it all the way through again with the commentary on. Oh, it's so good. (laughs) My butt was asleep by the end of it, but it was amazing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That should be one of their blurbs on the back of the DVD.
1: (laughs) You won't even mind. No, you just, with Great Amore, you gotta look past the eyebrows. It's really hard to take anyone with those eyebrows seriously. But I think his bigness is all part of the showmanship.
2: Well, he definitely picked the wrong day to stop eating peanuts.
0: (laughs) So his bigness is part of his showmanship. That sets up what I want when we reconvene on Friday. I've gotten in the habit. I think I picked it up from you, Tierney, of referring to it as reconvene, which makes (laughs) us feel like the committee to discuss Joe versus the volcano. Aren't we? (laughs) I, I guess we are, yeah. That's the central question that I want to explore more in detail on Friday. Okay. So is his game strategy or is it just his silly persona that he can't help being? Oh. I, I can imagine strong arguments either way. So I, I, wanna, I wanted to give you a day or two to ruminate on it um, and then we'll dive into that on Friday.
2: I'm so glad you're doing this on Friday. Or I'm so glad I'm going to be here for Friday because I've got some, I got some thoughts about this. Nice. Oh
0: I knew we could count on you, Curtis.
2: But in the meantime, I have to i have to ask this. I'm sorry to be the question asker guy. He takes his peanuts, his planter's peanuts. He opens it. They're brand new. He undoes the seal. First of all, the fact that there was a seal to undo surprises me. I don't remember uh, peanuts in the 80s being safety sealed that way. I remember just opening the, the box and there they were. But that doesn't matter. He slams them upside down on the table and then takes a few to eat. Now... You can't actually see the result of what he puts on the table because of the way that the screen is cropped. But when he lifts that can up, there should have been peanuts falling all over the place.
1: Oh, I think that's what Joe's face implied. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, really? Isn't that where they cut to the reaction shot? Yeah. Jo- oh Well, yeah, no, there's a reaction to the- I was thinking of the, like How he kind of rears back a little But that's when Grandamore is putting the holes in the walls But he kind of does it too with the peanuts Where he's just like, what are you doing Old well, man it- in my apartment
2: Is he thinking, how did he open a new Box
0: of peanuts and there's only like
2: five Peanuts in
0: there? Hmm. I found it strange too Does Grandam- Is Grandamore so rich? If it's a new thing of peanuts Why don't you just there open the lid everywhere. and just eat out of the Canister
1: because that's not as dramatic. Well, yeah, okay.
2: So it's not as dramatic. I could still, I could see him, you know, slamming the whole thing upside down on the end table and having a pile of peanuts to dig out of. Except there is no pile of peanuts. Go look at that. He lifts that up and nothing comes out. I, I, I'm not saying movie, it's movie, not but it's magic.
1: Right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's movie, not magic.
1: Would you trust Lloyd Bridges with a full can of peanuts?
2: Well, if we're gonna go down that road. <laughs> <laughs> But I do I
1: want I want on whole
2: for this guy's character, I want a whole explosive can of penis to come out of that thing when he when he slams it down. I wanted to lift mm-hmm. it up and for penis to go everywhere and for Tom Hanks to just be like, "What are you doing to my house? <laughs>
0: right. But no, there only seems to be enough peanuts there for him to eat. Would you trust Lloyd Bridges with a full jar of peanuts? It's probably too long for an episode title, isn't it? <laughs>
1: It's not too long, though, if we have any artists that are listening that want to draw Lloyd Bridges with a can of peanuts. I don't know why the world needs that, but it might.
0: Is it our first merch?
1: Oh, I hope so.
0: <laughs> well, did either of you have anything else for this minute?
2: I mean, I'll, I'll go on for an hour. You just shut me up when you're done with me.
0: Okay, you you have one more trenchant observation for Wednesday. Oh, go. Oh, oh. <laughs> Pick okay. your best one. <laughs>
2: well, see, now Now I've discovered the answer to it on my own. It isn't, in fact, a mask is the answer. And I'll just let you uh, wonder what the question was.
1: <laughs> my observation for Wednesday is a very sad one in that Lloyd Burgess is no longer with us, so I can't send him a t-shirt that is him holding a full jar of peanuts. There would be no explanation, by the way, with the merchandise. <laughs>
0: I just wrote, would you trust Lloyd Bridges with a jarf of peanuts? (laughs) (laughs) Well, there
1: you go. We started off with an autocorrect to your last name and we're ending with one to your first name.
0: (laughs) We we brought it full circle. We're poets. Wow,
1: that was beautiful.
0: Curtis, where can people find you on the internet so they can see more of your... Trenching observations all year long.
2: <laughs> I'm excited to announce that uh, Jason and I, from the Better Off Dead Minute, are going to be one of the team members uh, doing the North by Northwest movie minute, one minute at a time. Hitchcock Minute. The Hitchcock Minute. Wow. We're one of the we're one of the teams doing a week in, out of uh, North by Northwest. So that's I don't exciting. know when you guys release this, but sometime at the end of the year, that's starting. Otherwise, I'm just fooling around doing my... My audiobook minute which God made it onto the database somehow uh, NeuromancerMinute.com.
0: do you know what minutes you're doing for North by Northwest minute
2: they haven't announced but I noticed that match minute the match minute team is on there too so yeah, maybe Yeah, nobody knows. knows
1: their minutes yet this will come out probably around the same time when it's just started so people can hop on before it gets you know before they get too much of a backlog
2: sweet it's the Hitchcock minute it's dot Hitcho- com, right oh, I don't remember. It's the Hitchcock
1: thing Jim O'Kane organized.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that'll be a lot of fun. Those team uh, efforts are always Jim's team movies are a lot of fun
1: to work on, a lot of fun to listen to. Yeah, I've done a few different ones with different co-hosts and I always have a blast.
0: Yes, they are very fun. I I think one of the first times we recorded together was on Die Hard Minute, Tierney, you and I.
1: I've never gotten over the fact that we had the yippee ki minute, but we weren't allowed to swear. I've and never then I never got over Cass the fact that I brought Cass on for that minute, and she was just like, "I'm sorry, what?" And I was like, "You can't swear." And she's like, "But, but, 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 but." <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, if you if you would like to very entertainingly listen to three people struggle not to say the most famous line of the minute or the f- most famous line of the movie, that's a great minute for you.
2: <laughs> that is hilarious. Jason and I thought we had that minute for a long time because we counted wrong.
1: Oh. oh, we were so
2: excited, and then we got our minutes, and and we're like, oh oh, we're not gonna do any monkey fighting.
1: Well, I hope we did you proud. <laughs>
2: <laughs> they were good episodes. What about you, Jarf, what are you up to besides this?
0: What am I up to besides this? Um, well, folks, can follow me on Twitter. I forgot my Twitter handle. <laughs>
1: inspector flora yes something but it's cleverer
0: oh thank you actually it's i made it up after guesting on five minutes of mystery with friend of the show dave palace every guest of the show gets to make up a character that would exist in the mystery men universe and mine was inspector flora i was going to give his origin but you have to listen to my minutes of mystery men to to hear that
2: just by the name flora i've got some I've got some questions.
0: You've got some questions. <laughs> and you can follow the show on Twitter at Joe versus Minute, Instagram as well. I, I've been digging up some great old photos of baby Tom Hanks with, with his <laughs> fresh baby face, uh, which were a delight to see. And, Tierney, where can folks find you on the internet?
1: Well, they can follow me at One Steel Sister O N E S T E E L E S I S T E R. I'll be the person looking on the internet for actual baby pictures of Tom Hanks.
0: <laughs> there you go. So we brought you your Wednesday episode, folks. We brought it full circle uh, with the telephone game of names and and taught you some great drinking games that you can teach your kids at camp. <laughs> So, Tierney, what shall our destination be?
1: Of course it quacks, it's a duck. Our destination is away from the face of man. Now I don't know. I don't know. I don't
0: know where I'm going to go when the volcano blows. Let me say now, I don't know.
1: Wow, something is really different. I'm a growler.